800 AM and 94.9 FM KINY Juno from the Alaska Airlines Studio. Local first. Now, News of the North. From the capital city, I'm Jazz Garrett. These are the stories we're following this hour. Governor Mike Dunleavy is set to release his full budget later this afternoon. U.S. Senator Dan Sullivan, a member of the Senate Armed Services Committee, voted today to pass the Fiscal Year 2024 National Defense Authorization Act. And Sullivan spoke on the Senate floor Tuesday about the housing crisis in Alaska. And finally, Juno Symphony is hosting their holiday chair concert over this weekend. But first, Alaskans braved wind and rain in Juneau to enjoy holiday cookies with the governor at his mansion on Tuesday afternoon, part of an open house tradition that governors have celebrated yearly since 1913, with the exception of two years during the COVID-19 pandemic. He said his full budget would be released this afternoon at the Capitol building. News of the North will provide an update on that once available. U.S. Senator Dan Sullivan, a member of the Senate Armed Services Committee, voted today to pass the Fiscal Year 2024 National Defense Authorization Act. The legislation includes 25 provisions authored by Senator Sullivan and authorizes roughly $168 million in military construction and equipment for Alaska and the Arctic. This funding is in addition to a $203 million military construction project at Joint Base Elmendorf-Richardson announced this summer that Senator Sullivan was also able to secure. The NDAA now goes to the House for approval and then to the White House for the President's signature. The fiscal year 2024 NDAA authorizes $168 million in military construction provisions for Alaska, including a runway extension at Joint Base Elmendorf-Richardson, unaccompanied personal personnel housing at Fort Wainwright, an aircrew alert facility at Hangar 18 on Joint Base Almendorf-Richardson, Soldier Performance Readiness Center at Fort Wainwright, Precision Guided Missile Complex at Joint Base Almendorf-Richardson, AMC Standard Dual Bay Hangar at Ilsen Air Force Base, Consolidated Munitions Complex at Ilsen Air Force Base, and a JPARC Joint Range Operations Facility at the Ilsen Air Force Base. And U.S. Senator Sullivan spoke on the Senate floor Tuesday about the housing crisis in Alaska and across the country, emphasizing the importance of expanding low- and middle-income housing in rural and urban communities. Senator Sullivan last week introduced the Workforce Housing Tax Credit Act with Senate Finance Committee Chair Ron Wyden to increase the supply of affordable housing for families by broadening a tried-and-true federal tax incentive program, the Low Income Housing Tax Credit, to include rental housing for middle-income earners. Our country's facing a lot of challenges right now. Inflation, fentanyl coming through our borders, national security threats all over the place, overseas. But it's very obvious, anyone reading the paper knows that we're also experiencing in rural and urban America a a severe housing crisis. Everywhere I travel in the great state of Alaska, I hear from Alaskans reeling from the scarcity of housing, and it is everywhere. This will catalyze the private sector to build more affordable housing for those who earn too much to qualify for low-income affordable housing and not enough to afford housing near where they work. The low-income tax credit already works. We know that. And we're building on that program in the best way to ensure that the private sector will actually use this program to break open other bottlenecks for economic development. So, importantly, Mr. President, 
This bill provides flexibilities to states and developers to decide what's best for their communities, not a one-size-fits-all Washington mandate. U.S. Representatives Jimmy Panetta and Mike Carey introduced companion legislation in the House. And Executive Director of the Juno Symphony, Charlotte Truitt, joined Capitol Chat to talk about their holiday chair concerts happening this weekend. This is our one-concert series of the year that takes place at Thunder Mountain High School. This weekend is uh, an exciting weekend for us. We've been looking forward to this for a long time. This will be our fourth annual holiday cheer concert. This concert is kind of a variety of music. It's fun for the whole family. A lot of holiday music, favorite music that you that you know and love. And then we also introduce some new pieces and some different kinds of arrangements, all different styles. Um, Jazz, traditional, classic. She gives details on how to get tickets. The performance starts at 7.30, doors open at 7, Saturday night, and we do have seating available, and we are encouraging folks to please get on our website, junosymphony.org, to get those tickets as soon as possible, because uh, they're selling quickly. There are some left, though, and we we hope to fill up the auditorium twice. Sunday is packed, and we do have a waiting list in case some folks have that as their only option. Um, We will try to accommodate folks off a waiting list. The entire program will be recorded and played on Christmas Eve. The holiday chair concert includes the Juno Symphony, Vox Borealis, and the Sitka Fine Arts Camp. Coming up, NOAA Fisheries has released a new technical memo, Killer Will Entanglements in Alaska. That story next with Jordan Lewis when News of the North continues. Welcome back to News of the North. I'm Jordan Lewis. NOAA Fisheries has released a new technical memo, Killer Whale Entanglements in Alaska, a report between 1991 and 2022. It provides comprehensive detail of 37 reported killer whale entanglement cases in Alaska over the past three decades. The technical memo has been in development since spring of 2023, prior to reports of the summer 2023 killer whale tanks. The entanglement of killer whales in fishing gear or marine debris is a serious animal welfare issue and conservation concern. It affects both the marine mammals and the Alaska fishing industry. Killer whales feed on the bait or the catch of fishers, which makes them more susceptible to entanglements. They can become entangled in fishing gear, marine debris, or other materials, which can lead to injury or death. Marine mammal entanglements are also detrimental to the fishers who incur financial and material loss when their gear becomes lost or damaged by the interaction. 30 of the entanglements occurring in the Bering Sea, one in the Arctic, and one in the Gulf of Alaska, and five in southeast Alaska. The reported cases are categorized by entangling material, with trawl gear having 20, long line having 10, pot gear having 2, kelp also having 2, and the remaining three categories of mix of gear, anchor line, or an unknown line, each having 1. Marketing manager of the Juno Arts and Humanities Council, Tracy Ferguson Hayes, joined Capital Chat to talk about the annual stuffed market, a chance to stuff your stockings. All of our vendors will have items $25 and under. So this is one of our uh, most budget-friendly markets of the year. It's also very well attended, one of our more popular events. Yeah, even, even in our lobby shop, we'll have little things listed that will have labels that are and under that you can find in our lobby shop. So if you want to support the arts that way, you can do that. Um, You can support all of our artists and vendors that are in the main hall and the gallery as well. Locally made and handcrafted designs will be available. There will even be gifts for your pets available. Um, So Dragonfly Designs will be there with dog and cat toys, so handmade dog and cat toys. We'll also have Beaufort's Bakery with their 
dog and cat treats. The market is this Saturday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Juno Arts and Culture Center downtown. The admission is free, but the Jack is asking people to donate canned food for the Southeast Alaska Food Bank. They serve as a donation drop-off point all throughout the year. The next event coming up for the Jack is in February called Clink, an annual wine-tasting fundraiser. The Jack is also encouraging people to sign up to become a member. If you do sign up, we have a kind of a special going on. If you do become a member, we've created something for our members. We're in our season 50, and so our new members and any member who signs up between November and December Mm -hmm. of this year gets a little 50th commemorative gift. People can sign up on jhc.org slash support. And Alaska's Board of Education has approved a draft report that's a step forward toward the state recognizing tribes' authority to operate and oversee K-12 schools. The board approved a Department of Education and Early Development report on what's known as the State Tribal Education Compact at its meeting last week. Ultimately, the report is intended to be the basis of legislation. Education Commissioner Dina Bishop said the report would be sent to the governor's office to be drafted into a bill. The state's plan requires funding to get the first tribally operated schools up and running. The Department of Education and Early Development developed the framework for tribally operated public schools after the state's 32nd legislature approved a bill directing it to do so. DED Director of Tribal Affairs Joel Isaac led the process. Now you're up to date with News of the North. I'm Jordan Lewis. For continuous updates, visit our website, knyradio.com.